Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChampaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from Lighthouse Hockey and the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, there were some good, some bad, but ultimately the Islanders did what we asked them to do last week. They went out and took four out of a possible six points. Sitting right in the thick of the Metro right now. Uh, So uh, there's not a ton to complain about. Well, of course, we'll find something. But uh, this is about as, as, uh, as, as fine a start as you could probably have hoped for you know, six games or seven games into the season right now. Yes. The season is, uh, is still on the rails. Yes. <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is really nice. Uh, because I mean, when we were at, uh, going through this part of the schedule last year, uh, the Islanders were two and four out of the gates. They, they obviously started two and one. The two teams they beat were terrible sharks and ducks teams. <laughs> Then they traveled to Florida, and the season ended in that <laughs> uh, that, that swing with the the Hurricanes and then mm. the Florida two step, and they're two and four coming back home. And I think 
when you look back on it, like that was maybe one of since uh, non non not including the COVID season because that was an outlier season for us, I think as well. Uh, that episode that we did after the Florida swing was maybe one of our most desperate. Mm. I get, I, 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 if I went back and listened to it, I'd probably be embarrassed. <laughs> uh, one of those ones. And uh, there was a moment when the Islanders lost where it was clear the Islanders were going to lose that game to Colorado after they gave up mm. that fifth goal. Yeah. And I, I went thinking back to that episode and, I've thought about that feeling a lot, uh, like cringy, whiny. We we talk so much about how we people just like complain, like do something, mm. do, and and we ended up doing that for like an hour that episode. And when the, the Avalanche scored uh, to make it five four, I just thought I'm gonna have to do that again, and I'm gonna hate <laughs> myself for doing it because there's no way that. You know, maybe they'll win one of the next two or they'll get a point. Maybe maybe they'll get two, but I had a hard time seeing them win two. And then they kept it on the rails. They kept yeah. everything on the rails. I that that game in against Ottawa we can talk about because Yeah. I had like an existential crisis just during that <laughs> second period. Oh my god. Because I kept forgetting the game was tied. It just felt like the Islanders were losing like five yeah. two because I've seen that game so many times and that game ends with the Islanders losing mm. by three or four goals like the last seven minutes are basically a, a practice because the game's been over and somehow well we know why because they got mm. this inc- these incredible goalies uh but even that game they kept on the rails somehow so yeah i couldn't you know maybe it doesn't sound like it but i couldn't be happier with the start <laughs> at four two and one uh, i would have bit your hand off for that uh if you if you offered it to me uh through the first seven games yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it's uh that Ottawa game uh drew a lot of uh ire to myself personally, thanks to our friend Arthur Staple. So we'll talk a lot about that. And the Avalanche game was surprisingly competitive until it wasn't, which is really, really annoying. But then uh we have a uh a game against the Blue Jackets in Columbus, a place where the Islanders feel like they never win. That was uh a pretty vintage performance as well. Before we dive into all of these Reminder that you can get ad-free episodes of Islanders Anxiety plus bonus content and all kinds of fun stuff at patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. Plans start as low as two bucks a month and you get ad-free episodes of all of our shows plus uh, extra bonus content and written posts and stuff like that as well. So sign up patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. Uh, let's start with the Avalanche game real quick, although nothing about this game is going to be quick because uh, there was a lot going on here. The Islanders lost seven to four uh, and in the first period, it was pretty much all Avalanche. It was embarrassing. It was just it was awful. Um, the Islanders did tie the game, but then Kale McCarr untied it. Uh, oh, yeah. Ryan Johansson's goal was like this sort of floating one time. He, he, he didn't get all of it there, Edzo. That's for sure. Uh, but it still went in. So, I mean, it was 2-1, but it might have it felt like 5-1 to one the Islanders were going into the second period. But then all of a sudden, the Islanders just came to life, and they, they pretty much outplayed the Avs for the better part of the second period. Again, until they didn't. And Bowen Byram tied the score with 41 seconds left. And then in the blink of an eye, Nathan McKinnon untied it. And it was, you were down three, two and you're like, wait, what the heck just happened? I don't understand. They went down. They went from up three, two to being down four, three in the blink of an eye. And they tried their hardest in the third, but uh, Lee had a beautiful goal. Maybe the, the best goal I've ever seen Anders Lee scored. He was kind of wobbling, but he, he shot it in uh, from the slot. It was great. And then Adam Pellick, who 
had maybe the worst game of his entire career, had a shot blocked, went to Thomas Tatar, who fed it to Auntie Rantanen, makes a 5-4 Colorado. And you thought, all right, uh, you know, we can make this work. We can get it back. Uh, in fact, Tatar was called for two penalties in the same play, giving the Islanders basically a double minor. <laughs> Didn't go anywhere. Barzell got called for boarding. The whole thing washed away. Two empty net goals. And they end up losing uh, seven to four. And it was just, it it was the kind of game where like, you look at that and you're like, oh man, they must've gotten their asses handed to them. But it was a lot more competitive than that, which made it really kind of hard to stomach. Like you guys had this and they could have won it. And then they did because the abs at the time, again, the abs were six and oh, uh, they would lose a couple of nights later in Pittsburgh, which was annoying. But uh, Sorokin was fantastic. Wasn't really on him. Uh, Georgiev was fantastic, but shots on goal were 41-31 Colorado, and it was overall they were just really sloppy, which would become a theme for the next game too. Uh, what do you think of the uh, the game against the Abs, and like how much of this tortured you, knowing that they were they had the lead and then right. they didn't, and then they had they were down a goal and then they weren't, and before you know it, the whole thing was just a, a wall. It was gone. It was gone in the blink of an eye. Yeah, it was uh, torturous. I think is a good <laughs> good word for that one because it the first couple minutes you're like God. This is, this thing's gonna be over in eight yeah. minutes, and uh, they they showed some spunk. Sure, get, get themselves back in the game, and, and and I thought then gave themselves gave a pretty good account of themselves for for a while there. Uh, that second period was fantastic. They were yeah, great. <laughs> they they skated with this team, and, and I think that's been a theme so far of the season. Was you could take some. Oh, I thought you'd uh, a lot of positives from that Devils game. They weren't clean defensively, but yeah, they they were able to score with one of the best teams in the league, they and then uh, they were do, able to do the same thing against the Avalanche. They yeah. they never let the game get away from them, and that's some positives you can take from that. The, the problem is they didn't get a point. They were they <laughs> yeah. were, they fought their way. They they took a lead. They find find their way back in this game. They had some chances to to go up two goals. Uh, and they end up not even getting a point out of that effort, which I thought was upsetting because it, it really came down to individual errors from some folks that we don't expect to see it from. And like you said, that was an all-time concerning game uh, from Adam Pellick. Mm, uh, yeah. Like, that, even that decision to shoot that puck... <laughs> uh, when he's clearly not got a lane and, and you know, like you're, you're playing the Colorado avalanche. You're, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't uh, like Kevin Adams or, right. or someone like that. Coyotes that shot. Yeah. Last like, week, you know? Yeah. It's uh it's, it's going to hit that guy's shins and the, they're the, the avalanche. Every, everybody on, on the ice is looking for that exact play. And right. then he kind of wasn't even out of the play. He, he <laughs> did, he did what he's been doing this whole season, which is he turns into rich Pilon. <laughs> and he tries to put a guy into the eighth row mm, yeah. when he should just not do that. He should just be Adam Pellick. I much rather Adam Pellick be on this blue line than, than Rich Pilon, you know, mm. uh, ends up in the back of the net. That was, that was a classic too. Once, once he blocked that shot, Tatar, uh, former future Islander, Thomas Tatar, <laughs> uh, once, once he blocked that shot, uh, you, you, I could have, I should have just like got up and, and scooped it out of the back of the net for them yeah. because I knew that was coming. A lot of times uh, when that happens, I literally close my eyes because I know what's coming. And yeah. then, you know, I, I open them when 
in sometimes the cases they don't score, but that one was too easy. It was too easy, you know. Really, Ranton had the goal, but Tatar made yes, the whole thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, and and Dobson was back, and and yeah, we should talk that he's continued his resurgence, and I thought he was one of the few Islanders that that had a pretty good game there. I think he was on yeah. the ice for a bunch of goals against, but it was because he, <laughs> it was the opposite of what usually happens, which is like yeah, Pelic was was minus three, but they were all because Dobson was. Dobson was playing for the St. Louis Blues last night, and this time it was that Pellick was playing for the Avalanche. Mm. Uh, and, and yeah, it kind of just spoiled a, a good effort, and it piggybacked off that Sabres game, mm. so that didn't help. It it happened on the the frozen frenzy, <laughs> uh, and ended up probably being the most exciting night of the exciting yeah. game of the night, which was kind of funny because there was a couple of people the next day being like, yeah, the Islanders had a weird one. I, I, I guess you got to give credit for the, to the avalanche for, for getting the Islanders to score some goals against them oh. uh, and playing like an exciting hockey God. game for once. Did, did you guys not see the devil's game? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it happened on Friday night. There was nothing else going on. Uh, Merrick's producer on Sportsnet was like, you know, what was the most exciting game of the night was actually Islanders avalanche. And, you know, I don't really get the Islanders. Oh, really? The team you never watch, you don't get. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> shocked. Color me shocked. You know, I don't really. That's like me saying, like, I don't really get nuclear fusion. You know, like it's like I don't really <laughs> yeah, deal with nuclear. I fusion. don't really get the Orlando Magic. How? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really get Real Madrid. You know, like, okay, sure, but uh, but yeah, like, no. Yeah, it, he, yeah. That he, I heard him go on. He's like, you know, they. I just keep wondering, like, how's this team going to score enough? Yeah, dude, they they scored four in that game. <laughs> I wasn't the score, uh, yeah. and then he, yeah, he just like had repeated the same party line that we've now heard from from everybody, including Jeff Merrick's producer. <laughs> that, <laughs> the, the team is old. No, nothing changed. They mm. don't score, uh, et cetera, uh, et cetera. Um, so that happening in that backdrop made it even more annoying and i yeah i woke up wednesday morning nervous because that made the game against ottawa their first must win of the season yeah right uh which is not a position you want to be in you know six games into the season and uh and the other crazy thing was that so yeah so they lost that game here comes ottawa not having a great start but you know that they're fast you know that they're young and at in the morning uh this news broke that Shane Pinto, uh, who had been a holdout, well, not a holdout, but like he hadn't signed his contract uh, as an RFA, was now suspended for half the season for some kind of nebulous betting thing. Maybe he gave somebody his login information and was doing some sort of proxy betting. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's very strange. Uh, but in any event, he wasn't there. And then uh, the Islanders come out again. They they come out on fire. First period, they're fantastic. They go up two nothing. They look they look great. They're like blowing this young team out of the building, and they're like, okay, that's exactly what you want to see. But then the second period, oh sorry, it was two one because because uh, uh, Claude Giroux scored. Um, no, sorry, it was two nothing after the first. <laughs> Claude Giroux scored early, and now you're like, okay, here we go. This is where the wheels come off. Cal Clutterbuck hits Eric Branstrom into the boards. Uh, his head ends up on the ice. He gets stretched off. It's a very scary scene. Both teams are out and and clapping their sticks on the ice and places dead silent. And from that point on, it was mostly Senators. In fact, the Islanders got globetrotted a couple of points in their own zone. Jacob Trickren tied it. And the Islanders took seven penalties 
in the second period. Seven penalties. It was insane. Sometimes when they were on the power play, they yeah, were taking twice, twice, twice. I've never seen. I've never seen in my life of yeah. watching this team do absurd shit. Yeah, the team go on the power play and thirty seconds later be down four on three, two and, times in a game. It's crazy. Let alone in a period. Right. And like, how many and, four on threes are there in a game at no, at all? You know what? Can't, can't tell you last time the Islanders had one, not right. in overtime, right? Like, right. That was the thing about that Tatar thing, and I guess the Avalanche. I was like, just leave it to the Islanders to to finally get one of those very rare two penalties on the same whistle, <laughs> and they it somehow don't get a five on three out of it. And not only that, they completely negate the yeah. double minor because Barzell takes a yeah. a, a penalty. Uh, the, there were maybe what half a dozen four on threes for a team in a season. The Islanders had two in a game. In a period, in period, right. yeah. like it was crazy, and of course, you know, the, so the Senators tie the game going into third. The vibes are very bad. I don't know what nobody knows what the hell they're doing. It's it, the Islanders look again. It's embarrassing. It's terrible. Uh, here comes you know the, the Senators team is depleted. They're now without one of their defensemen. They would end up losing Thomas Shabbat for a, lo- a long time after that. So he was probably hobbled to Pinto news, blah blah blah. And their Islanders are all set to blow this thing. Uh, in fact, the Senators come out pressure early, but the Islanders sort of slowly take over the game. Noah Dobson had a, was alone in the slot. He missed wide, but then comes back and wins it with a slap shot from Barzell. Great play. Um, both teams were kind of sloppy after that, but the Islanders were managed to forecheck. Uh, with one minute left, we had a classic Casey Sezikis shift where he just like puts himself in the other team's zone and just will not let the goalie get off the ice. And it was great to see. I mean, yep. and, and the place goes crazy for that kind of stuff, which I love. I love that Islanders fans recognize how great that is that, that yeah. he does that. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, I, I really didn't know how to handle that game. <laughs> and I've seen so many different kinds of Islander games in yeah. my life. I don't know if I've ever seen, that yeah. script before we should say that Ilya Sorokin had to make 45 saves in that game for the Islanders to win three to two. <laughs> like, it's great. It was crazy. It was it's insane. the type of type of result that if you're just pouring through the box score because you're Jeff Maddox producer or something, <laughs> you're like, Oh, three, two Islanders against the senators. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And then right. if you open the door to the game, you'd be like, Holy right. What? Yeah. And what was going on here? <laughs> yeah. I think may I feel like I uh, woke up the next morning. I knew this was going to happen too. It took me in that fog when you wake up and you're like, why do I feel like, why am I mad? Why don't, why am I mad already when I'm waking up or why am I in a good mood? And for me, it's pathetically because this team either won or lost the night before. And uh, when I woke up, I, I needed to remind myself that they won that game and didn't lose it. And I don't even think it was because I was mad. But it was just more. I was. I that game confused the, the my emotions mm. because I just I felt like it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to lose, right. and we were going to read a lot about how the Senators team was pesky and dealt with the Pinto thing. They had the uh, the injury to Brandstrom. Uh, they had some other. Oh, the the thing with Anton Forsberg went uh, the game before he got right. pulled. Yeah, the period, it's before the third period and. The coaching staff never yeah, told him. Right. So Travis Travis, had, had to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they had the Josh Bailey was in the building. Yeah, yeah Josh Bailey was in the building. So there's all this stuff that I was like, oh, I'm gonna, we're going to have to read all about this or hear all about it the next morning. And uh, I just assumed they were going to lose that game. 
and the the second period was such a clusterfuck that yeah. at one point you kind of just forgot that Brandstrom got yeah. hurt and that injury really shook me up because like the the angle that they showed on the broadcast showed the lights go out is i guess yeah the best way i can put it like you saw him just completely lose consciousness and then he like had this he like came to moment and was almost paul korea ish yeah uh like um on the on the ice and uh so it took a little while like get any juice back in the game and then the islanders just started doing weird stuff yeah uh and once again adam pellicris <laughs> playing like rich pilon and and <laughs> noah dobson was was playing like denny potvin it was it was crazy uh sam bolduke i at one point the next day i was texting some people i was like yeah you know sam bolduke i thought played pretty well last night and then i checked his time of ice i'm like oh well that's why i thought he played well he played five minutes and 25 seconds <laughs> and oliver wallstrom didn't play at all basically right. uh yeah. and if so the islanders were rotating basically rotating 10 forwards and five defensemen the Senators just had a guy go down the tunnel on a stretcher. Uh, the Islanders, like you said, took seven penalties in a period, six minors. Yeah. There was a fight, uh, and somehow they ended up winning that game on a great play. <laughs> Dobson, I, Do, I mean, Dobson was so good in that game. Mm. Him and Sorokin uh, were fantastic. I thought Horvat and Barzell were really good. It took pr- probably till Wednesday night for me to appreciate that the Islanders won that game and that those points were truly in their pocket. Like the NHL wasn't going to come and say, we're just going to take these <laughs> because of what all that stuff that happened yeah. uh, in that one. And like you said, that the penguins, uh, that the avalanche went to the penguins after that game. And we heard all about all oh, the penguins, they get right. Mm. That that's what this team can do. It looks like they're back on the right track. And then the, the senators go and pace the penguins. <laughs> their next game. So it was like, the, yeah. all of a sudden, like I said, the season stayed on track. I would then say that because they won that game against the senators, that the blue jackets game was a little bit less of a must win yeah. than it obviously would have been if they hadn't won against the senators, but it was still a look, you're, you're playing one of the worst teams in the conference, even though you're, though you're on the road, Spencer Martin is in goal for them. <laughs> you need to get something out of this game. Um, yeah. And uh, it was, if that senators game had any every possible chaotic moment you can have in a hockey game mm. the blue jackets game basically had none of them and <laughs> I was, it was so nice it was nice it was nice um before we get to the blue jackets game a couple other things about the senators game so the islanders took nine penalties overall and they killed eight of them and like an, on one hand that's a positive but on the other hand you took nine penalties like and so after the game was over I had texted our friend Arthur Staple, another feel bad win. Cause that's the way it was. It, it was like they, they won. Like you said, like it felt weird that they won, but like they were awful. They were terrible in that game. Very undisciplined. And like, I started getting mad, not just at the player. I, I guess some people just feel like if you're getting called a penalty, like it's the ref's fault. And, and a couple of those were a little bit weak. The Dobson cross check in the slot, a little bit weak. I think there was one on Nelson that also was, eh, you know, I don't know about that. But most of them were legit, like Kyle Palmieri. Yeah, and the Nelson one was the one that negated a pa- uh, a power play. Right. And from that, that was the first minor of the period. And from that moment, like, the whole thing just got shook up. So yeah. So that's, that's, I think that's why people were mad. 
the the yeah. like yeah the scale started to slide right. a little bit. But like you know Kyle Palmieri, he he just flung the puck down the ice and his stick came up and hit I think Brady Kachuk in the face and he got a penalty and it's like dude that happens you can't do that like we we know this now you can't do that and so it just they were terrible and like I started getting mad at the coaching staff like what are you guys doing <laughs> like this is a very undisciplined un you know I don't know uh, just a uh, this sloppy sloppy boneheaded stuff right here and it's really annoying and so I didn't feel good about that when yeah they got the two points which is the most important thing but like you can't possibly tell me that that's how you want the Islanders to play. I mean, you shouldn't have to have Sorokin make 45 saves. He was spectacular. I mean, he was shutting down people left and right. And then the next day on 32 Thoughts or the Merrick Show, whatever it was, uh, Friedman was like, yeah, the, the Sens got Sorokin. Yeah, I no. guess yeah, to they a did. degree. But they did. But they, there was a lot. Yeah, they got yeah. Sorokin. And there was also aliens on the ice. It, <laughs> there, were, there were ghosts everywhere. This was – yeah. That, that's you know, I'm one... sure Matt Lindgren take a shift. There was some really <laughs> strange stuff going on in this one. And yeah. uh, I think that's what kind of upsets us because there's no way they weren't watching this game, yeah. those folks, because right. of the Pinto Senators. stuff. The sen- and the Senators are, were a off-season darling. They just mm. lost a couple games in a row. Things were brewing because of the, the Forsberg thing and then the Pinto thing. Like you said, like it, it, they, they, were, they were dealing with a lot. So these guys were watching that game. And it, and it just goes to show that they 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 did watch that game and they watched one team in that game. Right. And I don't know if they watched anything else. Um, and I will say too that Brady Kachuk after uh, after the game paid the Islanders a, a nice compliment, saying that they you know they they all came out and uh, yeah checked on Brandstrom and whatever. And he's like you know that that we we know why that team is like has such a strong culture and it's been that way for a while. And yeah. Uh, and so I, I just joked with my friends like, yeah, I think Brady Kachuk kind of, he plays for the Islanders just for the senators. He, 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 gets, <laughs> he gets it. We could see that, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, I think watching that game, but watching one team is probably the best yeah. way to put it. But, uh, but so I, I had sent that text to Art Staple and he put it on Twitter, you know, as a, as a joke and I got some pushback like, well, what are you talking about? They won. They, they killed these penalties. They, they, you know, came back. They were resilient. Uh, resilient is great, but don't take nine penalties. Like, I don't, don't tell me how they killed eight of nine penalties. Don't think, take yeah, nine have, penalties. You have every right to be mad at a team that puts you <laughs> right. through that. It's it, ridiculous. No matter what. Like, it, 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 they, they, that, what we went through in that second period. Yeah. Oh and then the, the fact that there's an intermission after that period, too, <laughs> where the Islanders not, notwithstanding that they're about, they have to kill the rest of a penalty to mm. coming out of the tunnel. But just like you, you, you play that period, you guys get to go into a, a locker room and debrief. And we just are all sitting there like, yeah, what? Like, yeah. so yeah, you have every right. I think to to feel like just, just mad that they put you through that. And, right. and that's, and, that's what sports is. Sports is about emotions and evoking right. teams, evoking emotions. And, I, I would say that you were not out of line there. <laughs> and it's exactly like you said about the Avalanche game, too. It comes after that Sabres game in which they were just got awful, which people were like, you know, oh, yeah, well, you know, they had the emotional Devils game and blah, blah, blah. Like, they were just terrible. Well, the guys who didn't play in the Devils game before weren't were terrible, too. What's their excuse? So it was not a great game. Uh, I, oh, what, one last thing. I give Wallstrom a break on the Senators game because – he doesn't play on the penalty kill. Yeah. So, I mean, I give him a break because he, he's not out there. But my hopes were not high heading into Columbus on Saturday night again, a place the Islanders have not had a ton of luck. 
But like you said, it was absolutely vintage. It was in a lot of ways kind of a pleasure to watch. It was a two nothing Islanders win. It was a very evenly played game. The uh, the Blue Jackets didn't really take control until the, the sort of back half of the third period. We'll get to that in a second. But um, uh, Palmieri had a diving score, his third goal of the season after Engvall's shot. They basically controlled the first period, which was great. Uh, they played very well in the second. Again, it was pretty even. Uh, but Varlamov made two saves on Jack Roslovic in the same power play. He had breakaways, <laughs> two breakaways. Uh, I don't know what was going on, but but Varlamov was great, and he was fantastic all game. I said this in that Sabres game. He was the one positive to come out of that Sabres game, but Varley's back. He looks great. Uh, he looks better than he has in, in at least the last two seasons. Um, but it was still just one nothing after two. Uh, their third period was okay. Uh, Matt Martin scored to make it 2 nothing late, which is hilarious. Um, but there was a, a penalty kill about halfway through the third. Uh, I forget what the infraction was. But uh, th- after that point, the Islanders got very loose, and the Blue Jackets started to pour it on. In fairness, they were only down 2 nothing, or yeah, I think at that point. And so shots ended up being 17-10 Columbus, which seems about right. Uh, and things got very loose towards the end of the game. They were trying to really scramble and get in something before the the, the buzzer sounded. But again, Valarmov made 35 saves. Spencer Martin, who you mentioned before in his first NHL game of the year, made 31. Uh, and uh, it was it was a much better feeling game. The Islanders, you know, even if it was even, I'll take it because I thought they traded chances with the Blue Jackets pretty well and and capitalized. And frankly, Martin was really good. The Islanders could have had a couple more goals there too. So it was nice to see. Wasn't quite as nice as that Arizona game, but it was a hell of a lot more fun than, than either the Senators or the Avalanche game. And you can't beat the the score there. And it was nice to see Varlamov too get a yeah. get a nice win there. So uh yeah. Um, you know, what would you think of this one? Uh, again, it's nice to get a win in Columbus. Nice to hear that cannon. It's great. Uh, but yeah. doesn't they don't have come around too often. The uh yeah, the thing that I would say, so that you get the you you go to one one and oh in must win games. Uh, on the season when you beat the Senators <laughs> kind of takes the anxiety out of the Blue Jackets game. It yeah. becomes a different kind of more regular kind of anxiety, I guess, yeah. uh, for that one. And uh, they, yeah, they played a really just regular game, which yeah. is not very descriptive, but that's fair about the game. I think a fair way to talk about the game and, uh, even even the fact that they were a little helter skelter in the third, I mean that's that's naturally going to happen when a team is being shut out. They're down and it's only one nothing. Yeah, they're they're trying like hell to to get on the board. Jack Roslovic turns it to Connor McDavid for a couple shifts. Uh, on the same play twice. Mm. Uh, on the on that power play, and uh, it's one of those games where afterwards you you the first person I think about was like Varlamo was so good, but it's just Lamarillo. Like wherever wherever he watched that game, he probably just smiled and was like, "I told you so." Like you need this is why you why you build out from the back and why you get the you have this stalwart backup goaltender. How desperate would Edmonton be to have Simeon Varlamov on their team right now? Oh my god! Like I'm I'm watching them right now in the Heritage Classic, and they can both these teams could use (laughs) Simeon Varlamov. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He he, he, my friend texted today saying, "Is he a?" he could be a top 10 goalie in the league. And honestly, it, it, that sounds nuts, Yeah, but he might be mm. like, he's, he's a great goalie. And and mm. when you start to think about the goalies in the league, like who, who would be better than him uh, pound for pound? Like, I don't really know how deep you can get. 
Yeah. Because there's a whole host of teams that have two very pedestrian goalies. Yeah. Uh, I, and then there's the Islanders who have two. One who's the best in on the planet and the other one who is probably, at, at, if top 10 is a stretch, top 15 definitely isn't. Hmm. And they're so good. And, and Sorokin had this huge smile on his face. Yeah. When he, when he met uh, Varlamov at the end and he gave him the puck. Mm. I don't know if he was like hiding it <laughs> or something. Like uh, uh, It's just a beautiful, beautiful moment yeah. for the two of them. And I think it's not crazy to say that Varlamov shutouts probably make Sorokin. Like when Sorokin <laughs> posts a shutout, that's his job. He, mm. he looks at it like that. No, that's my job. Stop pucks. Uh, and then when he gets to be the backup for a night, he's just a fan. And he's rooting on his best buddy, Varley, there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that game was, there's a lot, I think a lot of individual performances. Once again, Dobson, like the dude, yes. just, he has that phone. He, maybe he just got a flip phone or something. Dude, deleting Twitter is the best thing this guy's ever done for his career. Uh, and I said it last week and I said it this week and I'll probably say it again. <laughs> That's yeah, the he, best he, thing he could have uh, done for himself. Yeah. He's, he's been awesome. I hope yeah. you, you almost hope he's searching his name again. <laughs> uh, because all he'll see is people being like this guy rocks it's yeah. so nice to have yeah. him back and adam pellick was also much better in the yep. columbus game and oliver Wallstrom, i thought yes. was pretty good uh you know but certainly the best game he's played all year didn't have any couldn't come up with any points but he made himself a factor which was nice like you know we want to give the guy credit and uh he looked better and and even lane said that was a, that was a good game for him so they, they switched him and yes marzell at a point yeah and the first couple shifts, I was kind of like, Ugh. there was one where Wallstrom <laughs> didn't get a puck deep, and I was a little mad. Uh, and then uh, they had a two-on-one with him and Horvat. Yeah. Where Horvat made a play you never see, and it's one that I wish more that, like, the Islanders would just make it their protocol almost at a two-on-one. Would just make that early, you make that early pass, and you you already get the defender moving. Mm. Like, like Horvat passed that puck to Wallstrom on the blue line. And all of a sudden, that shifts everybody's eyes already once. And mm. it's hard to go back and then forth. And uh, Walsh missed the net by about eight feet. But... I was going to say his his biggest problem in that game, he kept missing the net. Yeah, like, he, kept, he kept having he... chances, but he kept missing yeah, the yeah, net. Yeah, shots were getting blocked that he would miss yeah. the net. And, uh, he, he definitely earned another, yeah, uh, like a little bit of a longer leash, I think, is the important thing. And then uh, Sam Bolduc was good, too. Yeah. Uh, and we also need to say that this team right i mean dobson leaves them in points with seven but he's tied with kyle palmieri hmm. who's been good too yes. like these like they're they're the first couple games were all about uh nelson and uh horvat and barzell for good reason but all, like this team now has is getting production from all over the place like yeah clutter buck's got a couple goals Sezikis has one uh, Martin's got one. I think the only regular, f- the only forward who's played every game so far, well, two actually, right? Angval and uh, Pajot, but the two of them, I think, have been really good in their roles. Pajot, that that Senators game, I I don't know if Pajot got off the ice. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, <laughs> it seemed you like you could it. almost see the bench, like le- like him being like, ah, shit, and just like hopping <laughs> back over to, to kill a penalty. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so that 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 Blue Jackets game, they. Uh, the the not uh, like it's i guess it's there's some fina- finality to saturday games uh it determines how the week ends on most weeks in the nhl because more likely than not you're you're playing on the saturday and not the sunday 
Yeah. Uh, we, we record our podcasts on Sundays for the most part too. So it, it has a, that Saturday game always has a pretty big deal on like the tone of, of this. And, and then you go into the work week and it, it kind of decides your Islander mood. So it, <laughs> the, like they're always important. And, and to get that one after the Colorado loss to c- come out of those three games, two and one. Yeah. Huge for our psyche. Mm. Like uh, definitely Islander fans. Uh, Cause you, you got a couple winnable games here this week and uh, they, they're four, two, and one, despite having played two and a half. I think you can, you can maybe say three. Like the Sabres game in the first, uh, in the season opener was really good. Mm. The Coyotes game was good, and I think you could probably say the Blue Jackets game was good too. Yeah. Um. So three really good games. Then they got a a win, in, uh. Like I don't know, calamitous fashion <laughs> against the Senators. <laughs> I mean, the uh, other three games had moments. Like even the game yeah. against the Devils, like they, right. there were moments there where they were pretty good. They just ended up on the losing end in overtime. And, and you think about the, the the Avalanche game had moments. The, yeah, the Devils game. The schedule's not been easy either. I know they've been home yeah. for six out of the uh, or five out of the seven, but the Sabers were supposed to be good. They played them twice. They obviously played the Avalanche and Devils, who are cup contenders. The um, Senators are a good team. Like yeah. they, they, they haven't had a cupcake situation just yet. <laughs> like the Coyotes is as close as you can get because they were on the second night of it back to back. But and the Blue that, Jackets like, too. Or, yeah, or... but that like that's on the road and <laughs> yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's a, they've been playing all right too. Mm. So they they've had. I'm not saying that that's they're playing the. The, like the USSR, but they <laughs> they haven't. I don't think that they've had a a soft schedule to start. No. So and they're four two and one through this. So it, they they could have been a lot worse. And uh, yeah, like um, yeah. I'm quite pleased that they've they've kept things on the rails. And um, you know, it's nice not to be mad at them right now. <laughs> As always, yes, uh definitely. And uh yeah, no, definitely not mad right now. I mean, they're in they're in th- as of, as we're talking right now, believe it or not, they're in third place in the metro, which is nice. Although the Rangers have a game, well, I guess they're in first place, so it really wouldn't matter right now. But uh yeah, that's that's not a bad place to 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 be right now in the early part of the season. One more thing about Columbus before we uh take a break. Uh I found them to spend more time in the offensive zone. Uh they actually had a lot more zone time in that game than they had had in previous games and, and it was nice to see and that's where like guys like paul mary and engvall and uh and martin in a way uh you know can can do a lot more damage when they they don't get these sort of one and done shifts which drive me nuts which is how the games turn you know they'll they'll be doing well and all of a sudden they'll be spending less and less time in the offensive zone before you know it they're on their heels and the other team is tied or scored or whatever and i did not notice that in the columbus game so again it was it was actually kind of a fun game to watch uh and they came out on the other side okay we're gonna take a break and when we come back, we're going to look at the next three games, which, as Mike mentioned before, a couple of winnable ones in there, uh, which would be good. We're also going to talk about that Frozen Frenzy that we mentioned before. And uh, we're going to take a look at uh, some ex-Islanders elsewhere. This is always fun. All right, so meet us on the other side. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now a word from our sponsors. First is VintageIceHockey.com where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, mugs, and more featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch and our portion of the sales always go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code ANXIETY20 to save 20% off an order of two items. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and available at local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinotproject.com. Please drink responsibly. So coming up, the Islanders have games on Monday against the Detroit Red Wings. So the day you're listening to this, uh, then they are in Washington on Thursday, <laughs> the second, and then they are uh, at home to the Carolina Hurricanes on the seventh. This is a really interesting group of teams right now because the Red Wings have started out hot. Uh, they are really uh, basking in the Alex DeBrincat era. Him and Dylan Larkin have been kind of running roughshod. They did lose the other day to Boston, so I don't know, maybe they're coming down a little bit, but that's not going to be an easy game at all. Uh, the Caps have really struggled. They're in last place in the division, I think, still. They won also today, um, and so, but they have not really found their footing at all and seemed to all be kind of waiting around for Alex Ovechkin to score that historic uh, Gretzky-beating goal. <laughs> and then on Saturday, the surprisingly bad Hurricanes are coming in. Now, I say that, of course, jinxing the Islanders. The Hurricanes are not a bad team, but again, gotten off to a slow start kind of losing games they played on the west coast early which had to be kind of weird i'm sure they'll wake up at some point and they'll do their usual thing but uh this is a weird one and i mean at the risk of repeating ourselves i i feel like kind of the same thing i felt last week if they can win two of these you know 
I think that's probably the best case scenario there. I would think that that game, even though it's in Washington, is probably the most winnable one. But, you know, Saturday night against the Hurricanes, maybe they're on their back foot a little bit, can, can be good. And then, you know, Detroit, yeah, they're scoring a lot of goals, but I still don't like their defense and their goalies are either going to, it's either going to be Vili Husso or James Reimer in goal. So I'm not really afraid of either of those two guys. And if you can make them work, you can score some goals. So what do you think of these three coming up here? Um, again, it's, it's a, it's a weird collection of teams. It's sort of topsy turvy. Usually the caps are one of the better teams. Detroit stinks and Carolina's in the, on, on top. Meanwhile, Detroit's on top. Now Carolina's kind of finding their way and the caps look just sort of lost in a lot of the, the games so far this season. Yeah. I think the big question on everyone's mind is if Alex Debrinkit is going to get booed. Oh, he gets, he's going to get booed. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And he's going to do the Johnny Goudreau. I don't know why are they booing me. I didn't ever talk to these guys. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be weird because the only thing I can think of with so the the Red Wings game like fifty fifty no I no feel for it I, mm. I'll be there and uh, I re- I don't know what to expect from them I don't think that <laughs> uh, they they play many they they're they're not playing many Islander style games it's yeah. like a lot of five twos and stuff so we'll see but that Capitals game I I'm just not going to be able to shake the feeling of last season that Monday night in Washington where the Islanders had a chance to basically stamp their ticket to the playoffs Mm. and then proceeded to play the worst (laughs) game of the season. Yeah. Were they, they, was it two goals on the first two shots? I think it was something like that. Yeah. Was that another Varley start? No, that was Sorokin. That was because, and we should say that one of the, I I thought it was a, a good move to start Varley against the Blue Jackets. The Islanders don't have another, yeah. back to back for a while and uh we we talked a lot last season towards the end about whether it will kind of shoot come back to haunt them that they just rode Sorokin so hard down the stretch mm. so uh and obviously he pitched a shutout so it's the right move um but uh yeah that 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 Capitals game will will haunt me for even <laughs> though they ended up making the playoffs just the the dread I felt right after that game and you and I being like, we have to record something after that. It, yes. That was, right. a, you know, one of the we were angry. lowest moments of, we of really this angry. Islander era. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll be thinking about that one. And uh, they seem to have righted their ship quite a, like a little bit. Um, but uh, I think that's, that'll be the sort of linchpin to the week, whether if you can win that game, I think you'll be able to scrounge a point or two from the other two. And, uh, continue to keep the season on the rails because yeah the hurricanes are all over the place and yeah we've we've never seen them like this under rod the bod <laughs> usually they're just like buttoned up and right good defensively they, they know they're they know how to play their game always yep. and now it yeah. just seems like they're kind of like maybe a little bit out of sorts which is weird mm-hmm. yeah so uh yeah maybe they can take advantage of that and then yeah. i think because uh, you know, we do our best to to not look ahead, but so much about what what you need out of a, a like a a spit of games like this really does kind of matter. Uh, it really does depend on like what's on the horizon, and and I think like the next handful of games gets pretty tough because they they have a game against uh the Wild, the Bruins, yeah. then they go out to the uh Alberta, the Western Canada swing, which. By the way, the Rangers didn't don't have a back to back this season for till like game twenty. 
they go out to Alberta, don't play Connor McDavid, and don't have a back-to-back on the Western Canadian swing. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever seen a team go through that that road trip mm. uh, being Canucks, Oilers, Flames, and more recently with the Kraken, mm. and not have a back-to-back. While the Islanders will play at home on uh, Veterans Day, the November 11th, against the Capitals, yes. and they will fly they have one day in between a game against in between that game and a game against the oilers then a back-to-back in vancouver and seattle and then they go back to alberta and play the flames yeah so and, like, and then they have another back-to-back a week later where they're yeah. in ottawa and then they play at home to philly <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah it's a little it's crazy I I, I I i this is the thing i think the difference between islander and ranger fan is like i notice these things about the rangers and i don't think ranger fans no. notice them about their own team no. I'm I'm losing sleep over the fact that the Rangers don't play a back-to-back mm. their first 20 games of the year, and they didn't have one on this Western Canadian swing, and they don't play Connor McDavid on the swing. <laughs> they catch the Oilers and Flames when they're completely flailing. Yeah. I'm sure by the time we get out there, they'll 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 have righted their ships. It's um, so funny that McDavid is playing in this Heritage Classic that I'm watching right here. By the way, uh, future Weird Islander AJ Greer. Uh, has made it three two. <laughs> he probably, he's made the flames. He's made the. Uh, he brought the flames within three two. Uh, but it's so funny because McDavid originally, because he's hurt, he wasn't supposed to play in this game. And I looked, and I'm like, wait a minute, he's out two weeks. In two weeks, thereabouts, Islanders at Oilers. Oh, this is this is Crosby all over again. And I know this is going to happen. Well, turns out he came back early. So there goes that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is it is funny that the Rangers just happen to play at Edmonton without McDavid. Yeah, so. of course. Uh, of yeah. course and, yeah, they, <laughs> and they get, yeah, like I said, they get them at terrible times. And right. Uh, so, and, and the Canucks, but, but so the Rangers don't have a back-to-back and that's swing. Yeah. And, and, but the Canucks, the Canucks do, they play the Rangers <laughs> on their second night of a back-to-back. So they get Casey to Smith. Right. Uh, it's just like it, uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm, I need to calm down here. It's, it's not even the end of October, but uh, <laughs> You get my drift. But uh, yeah. yeah, so I think that with that stretch looming uh, in, in November, you'd, you'd want them to continue just to make hay and bank points uh, because this this start of the season is um, looking a lot like last year, I think, a little bit better. And obviously the record's better, but in terms of there's there's been some loose games and some the defensive boring Islanders haven't quite showed up to the party yet. They're... <laughs> They're much more they're they're inebriated basically. Yeah. Um, so you hope that you know, that those Islanders, the uh, on on script, very stalwart defensive Islanders, show up uh, in time for when the schedule gets tougher because it will um, yeah. pretty quickly here. Yeah, it is very much like last season where we were pulling our hair out for the first half because they just oh yeah they've tried to goose the offense but now they forgot how to play defense and then once they remembered how to play defense. They made the playoffs <laughs> by going on a little bit of a run towards the end. So, you know, again, if we can marry both of those things together, I think they'd be good. And we've seen a little bit of that. Again, the, the the Coyotes game was like that. Parts of the Blue Jackets game were like that. Even parts of the Senators game were like that. So it would be nice. Again, these are I don't when I say they're winnable, I don't mean that like the Islanders should beat the hell out of these three teams, but I'm looking at three teams that the Islanders can beat, let's just say. As long as they're they're focused, they're disciplined. No more nine penalty games, please. And uh, and they just get, you know, get to their game and, and can limit the offensive chances again, much like they did against Columbus. 
or at least or at least play even with the other teams would be good too. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Varley against the Caps too. I feel like, like you said, I, I don't want to overwork Sorokin. I think it would be that would be a good spot for him in Washington. Uh, you know, it's not a back to back, but it would be good to to get him in there because again, he's looked great. So might, might as well use that to uh, their advantage. Uh, but yeah, so we'll have to see. But you take two out of these three, I think we'll be happy. If they take three out of three or get five points, you know, with an overtime loss or something, uh, I'd be very happy. <laughs> and I'll yeah. take it because in the week after, anytime I see the Bruins on the schedule, I get very nervous. Uh, by the way, the Caps, again, like you said, are, are on Veterans Day. So they're going to play the Caps basically twice in two weeks, which is uh, always a, an interesting scenario. Uh, okay, so you mentioned the Vancouver Canucks before. Uh, they are always in the news because they're the Canucks and everything they do is super duper important. The Rangers played out there and uh, it was our first chance, at least local people's first chance to see Anthony Beauvillier in action uh, this season for the Canucks. And he got his first point of the season and assist. Uh, things haven't been going great for him. The Canucks themselves have looked pretty good. And, um, you know, my, my, Canuck fans, friends on Twitter are very excited. They're all very happy that this is very, it's a very cool thing that they, they're excited for their team until eventually it probably will pull the rug out from under them. But Bo just hasn't been along for the, the ride. And, uh, and you wanted to talk about this a little bit because now we're, you know, six or seven months out from the trade, yep. which uh, one uh, publication who shall remain nameless called a lose-lose for both <laughs> teams. And I don't know. What he's watching, because when I watch Bo Horvat play, uh, he plays pretty well. Uh, he's he's a guy who makes things happen. Uh, you know, he's got uh, five points right now in seven games, three goals, two assists. Those are pretty darn good numbers. And I'm looking at a guy who's, you know, the offense can run right through. Meanwhile, and then, you know, we take no pleasure in reporting this, that, that Bo is is not really had a great start to the season. And you never know. Maybe he, he'll turn around. He's done that before. Atu Ratu, by the way, is still in Abbotsford, and he's got four points in eight games down there in the AHL. Uh, but yeah, um, so far, you know, if you're going to look at this trade and that, you know, you're going to kind of reevaluate the, the bow for bow trade, uh, you know, I don't know. seems like the Islanders got a good one here. <laughs> is, that what, is that what the way you feel as well uh, after uh, watching yeah. that game? So the Islanders are 21, not including the playoffs, 21, 11, and five since they acquired Horvat. And Barzell has played 13 of those 37 games, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they, like, this guy's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and he's really good for this team. He, he is such an Islander. Mm. And we say it all the time. We've joked about the lawsuit and the fact that he didn't score despite having so many chances last year. Like, he was completely Islanderified. <laughs> uh, and pe- it, it was almost, uh, I can't think of the word, like, erased it was like redacted that this guy was traded to the islanders yeah. like that they they just it, it wasn't Bo horvat that got traded to the islanders it was just like some 28 year old yeah. forward it was uh you know pick your run-of-the-mill yeah nhl veteran forward we talked that, about this because they yeah. the this he was a, one of the main topics of conversation for a year even yep. before the bruce boudreau was going to get fired thing got dragged out for six months it was like oh they're gonna have to trade him they're gonna have to choose between Bo Horvat and uh, and Kevin Hayes. They, you know, Horvat's the captain. He's been such a great player. What are they gonna do? He's he's only you know increasing his trade value. How's this? Gonna... Every single day it was a different Bo Horvat update. And as soon as he got traded to the Islanders, crickets, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like he didn't exist anymore. So and yes. What, and what was written about him was if as if they like acquired 
Evan Rodriguez or someone yeah. like that, like a decent, <laughs> you know, guy. Yeah. And they're like, wow, the Islanders gave up a lot, right, for this player right. who, by the way, is he he did score thirty goals uh, for the Canucks already this season. But let's not uh, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Goals aren't that <laughs> important. Mm. What's important is what shows up here on on these blobs and on my spreadsheet. And uh, yeah, I think so. The they, the Athletic gave the the trade. C minuses and C's and you, you you can't write an article that carries that much weight. Um, <laughs> it can't just be put on one person. That's right. just not, it's not fair to that one person. Uh, but the headline here, I can't read the whole thing because uh, I'm finally done with it uh, with my subscription. Is uh, NHL trade grades? Bo Horvat yeah. moves to Islanders. Is it a lose lose deal? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it's just a bunch of C's and C minuses and. Uh, mm. talks about how the Islanders are uh, not going to make the playoffs, even though they did. Uh, and what I want to just point out, the reason I want to talk about this is, A, because Horvat's off to a great start this season. His production might not be incredible, but it's the Islanders are just not, people need to just kind of realize the Islanders are not going to have 105-point players. Mm. They're just not. It's yeah. just not, this team is just not built to have somebody score uh, mm. you know, 40 goals and have 72 assists <laughs> and and have some, there be hockey twitter accounts that cut up their highlights and with the the eyeball emojis and stuff and uh you know they're, they're just not going to have that player mm. and, and that's okay um but what this guy is is he's solid he's he's a legitimate first line center he's really good with the puck on his stick he's clearly good with barzell uh, the two of them, I think, work really well together, even though they were separated in that, that Blue Jackets game. I I think everybody would be pretty pleased with, with what we've seen. Barzell's getting a lot of shots off this year. It looks like he's he's kind of yeah uh, trying to add that to the game. And then you look in Vancouver, and, and like you said, they are Anthony Beauvillier is on their fourth line. He's got one point, and we love the guy, but Bo Horvat is this miles and miles better than that ratu is in on the fourth line in abbotsford i believe yeah uh, and their first round pick ended up turning into philip ronek who him and quinn hughes have been good together but it at one point are people going to say yeah the islanders that this trade might work out for this team <laughs> <laughs> well much like you said the island just like the islanders are never going to have a 110 point player the islanders are never going to get credit for this trade they yeah. just they just won't. If Bo Horvat wins the the Hart Trophy, they're never going to get credit. It's going to be like it never happened. Basically, It'll be, well, uh, talk to us in in twenty twenty eight when yeah, when, when, see how that contract right <laughs> hanging around your neck. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I I just wa- I wanted to talk about it because there's been some smoke around Beauvillier in, in Vancouver, and there's been absolutely none around Horvat and. It must he uh, we've said this a, a couple times on this podcast like it must just be so nice for the guy. He's off to right. like just a solid start. The team's off to a solid start. And uh Thomas Drance isn't going through his old pizza boxes <laughs> outside of his right. house or going to his kids schools to hey uh is your dad uh is your what's what's your dad been saying here lately? Like he's right. not there's like there's none of that here. And that must be must be brilliant. So uh yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's still early. It's only been 37 games. It's only been uh, 
eight or nine months, but it does look like the Islanders might be ahead on this trade. And by the way, it's not that these grades should matter because uh, they don't. They're they're just good fodder for for times like these. That same publication gave the Rangers an A or an A plus for trading for Patrick Kane. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I don't I don't know if they're gonna maybe hold their hand up for that one either. They usually they always do. They always love to admit when they're wrong. Those yeah, folks. So definitely, uh, definitely. I mean, this is the publication, by the way, that is constantly reevaluating old drafts, but yet they never reevaluate old trades, you know? So, and, yeah. and again, even if they did, they're not going to give the Island, they're not going to go back and retroactively give the Islanders and, a, uh, an A plus. They'll, they'll give them like, all right, well, fine. We'll, we'll give them, we'll go from a C to a B minus. Well, gee, thanks a lot. No. And that was, a, I think the biggest trade last year, just in terms of the, the buildup, People were clamoring for a trade. It was the first trade of that Meh. deadline season. Well, they talked about him going to the Leafs or the Penguins yeah. or the Bruins or the Oilers oh, or one of those things. Yeah. Be the Penguins. Like, he's yeah. a perfect. He's just a perfect Penguin, Elliot. And yeah. so it it was like just a huge trade. Uh, and all people do is complain about that stuff never happening. And, and, and then it does and it works out. And you know what trade we hear about once a week still <laughs> to this day? Anthony Mantha for Jacob Vrana. <laughs> like, we'll hear about that trade. Yeah. But yeah. we won't hear about uh, the fact that this Bo Horvat trade is working out for the Islanders who are up yeah. to a, a 4 2 and one start. Thanks in uh, no small part to the way Bo is uh, driving that first line. Whereas Vrana is now in St. Louis, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yes, he was. And, he just crashed again the other night. Right. And Mantha has been on the trade block for like a year and a half now. Like he's just not fit in in Washington at all. He started out great, and then we we all remember where we were, right? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's a good point. Um, And you know, hopefully, Bo keeps doing what he's doing. Our Bo, anyway. Uh, Canucks Bo. I don't know. He's a UFA at the end of the year, so you know, if he doesn't turn it up, uh, I can see him maybe going someplace else. But you know, in fairness, the Canucks are having a good year, and. You know, like I said before, I have Canuck fan friends that are excited about this year, and they're they're very excited about the Quinn Hughes era. He's playing very well. Getting a little sick of the Hughes boys, if I'm being honest. And um, it's funny because the Flyers are playing well, and I have many Flyers fan friends that are very excited for their team playing well. The Habs are playing okay. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's expecting them to to be in the playoff hunt anytime soon, but they look pretty good so far. Uh, all those teams, even my Detroit fan friends, they're you know they're looking. At a, at a team that's pretty good, and uh, and in a way, I'm very jealous because my team is also right there, right, right with those other teams. They're all bunched up together, and uh, it's very hard for me to get excited. Like I was excited after the uh, the Coyotes game, a little bit after the Blue Jackets game, but otherwise, I'm very nervous, and I find every mistake to be just unbearable. <laughs> and so they have periods like the one against the Senators where they have seven penalties or the like where they're playing the avalanche and they have them you know, have a lead and then all of a sudden in the span of less than a minute they don't and they're now chasing the game uh i get very mad but uh i want to change that i don't want to be this guy i don't want to not feel good after wins i want to be excited and i really just want the team to play the best it can and and go back to you know the 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 tried and true methods that work so We'll see. We'll see how it goes this week. Uh, again, they have some some teams that they definitely can can beat. So hopefully they can continue to uh, keep it going. They have two wins now, and 
if they come out with four in a row or five in a row, even better. We'll, we'll, then we'll start getting excited. Uh, last thing real quick before we sign off is the Frozen Frenzy was last Tuesday, the game of the Islanders Avalanche game. Uh, it was on ESPN2, and it, they covered all the teams and went around the league all the time. It was hosted by John Pujagross and former Weird Islander Kevin Weeks. And uh, this is going to be a very short discussion because I watched five minutes of it, and I heard Pujagross yelling about sauce and mitts and lettuce and the whole thing. And I immediately turned it off and never turned it back on. Uh, really do feel like I, I appreciate that John Butchergrass likes hockey. I appreciate that ESPN is able to put the people that like hockey on TV covering hockey again. They, that, I feel great for them. I'm, I'm happy for them. I would love that if I worked there and, and, and could cover that stuff again. But I just I don't know, man. I really I really don't know. I just don't get it. I don't know. I don't know who this is for. Because every hockey fan I know hates it. <laughs> so I don't know. They must have some market research saying that people like that shtick, but I don't. And it made me turn it off and I did not participate in the frozen frenzy. Maybe they'll do it again at some point. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I was hoping for just like kind of jumping back and forth. I didn't know it was going to be hosted by anybody. Uh, I just, I wish it was just kind of going back and forth, popping into different games, uh, but it wasn't. It was like a whole coordinated thing. And I just, it's not for me. It really isn't. And, and if it's for you, great. I'm glad you liked it, but it ain't for me. So I, I took a pass. <laughs> Did you watch any of the Frozen Frenzy at all? Or were you Yeah, like, I watched a little bit of it. I, I, mm-hmm. uh, and I timed it. So like the first third, eh, 15 minutes that I watched were just a couple games, like you said, like them just bouncing back and forth. And it was the local broadcast right. uh, calling the games. But what I didn't realize was that wasn't the official Frozen Frenzy. <laughs> the, the frozen frenzy gets started at 8 p.m eastern right as the islanders were starting and yeah uh this was just the build-up to it that and so they did some really annoying promo for it where bucci grass was like running through the espn campus right and, yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and then they so sat down in a studio and that yeah him and him and weeks were like uh there's Caden primo not wayne not keith Gold yes. Tendy yes. and Primo. And That's like, the clip that I saw. <laughs> and I just turned it off immediately. Yeah. <laughs> who who again, who asked for this? I don't know. Nobody. And you knew it was gonna be terrible when they they had um a graphic for for the on Twitter for it, and it was uh all these photoshops of sixteen games on and there was a silhouette of a man watching all 16 games on this big <laughs> screen and uh he had a director's chair and it said Bucciross on the back of it <laughs> like are oh, you got to be kidding me like oh, it's this is a this this sport loves to make things that are not groundbreaking in 2023 seem like they are absolutely groundbreaking <laughs> this is this would have been groundbreaking in 2009 maybe yeah. like i don't know when red zone started in the nfl mm. Uh, but a couple years after that, if the if the NHL did something like this a few times a year, like then they'd be ahead of the curve. Uh, but this was, I like the idea of having a, a marathon day with hockey on all the time and the game starting at different times. Um, I don't necessarily need sixteen on at once, but you want to do it once a day, go for it. Yeah. I, I I'm not going to complain about something that they they at least tried something. Yeah, and then. They absolutely ruined it for <laughs> me personally, and I know a lot of people out there. Like, just ju- he's such an abrasive watch, yeah, that you just you, you can't do it, yeah. and that's 
something we're going to have to say a bunch of times throughout this year because the Islanders are on, have some ESPN games where I'm sure he's going to be calling it. Mm. And we're going to have to hear him uh, explain, you know, how uh, icy Brock Nelson's re- release is. And that Barzell had to cut the lettuce before, yeah. uh, before the season started. And so, yeah. Sorokin. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> Silky mitts. Uh, or, you know, groovy kind of glove is, I think, was his thing for goalies. So, so there was uh, uh, something that happened. On, I don't know how much college game day you've watched. Zero. Like, <laughs> but it's like it's the show is is great because it kind of captures the spirit of college football. It's mm. very carnivaly, very festivaly. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And the hosts aren't like they know why they're there. They're not there to be the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think. And it's very hokey. But it's mm. also self-aware. It's it's a re- like I think the best show ESPN's ever done. Mm. And then they put uh, Elliot Friedman's favorite sportscaster of all time, Pat McAfee, on it this year. Yeah, Ugh. and he kind of just like ruined the yeah. vibe of it. It be- it started to become very different, and a lot of people were like, "This is just not what this show is about." Like mm. that kind of personality just doesn't. It's th- he. There, you're either uh, on the show or you're above the show. Like you can't be both. Mm-hmm. And, and he tried to be both. And I give him a lot of credit because he's like, I, I hear the feedback and I don't need to be on the show. Like I'm totally okay with not re- like ESPN offered to resign him. And he's like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to come back. Cause like if, if, if it's not good, like mm. I'm not, this isn't my show. Like I'm, I came, I tried something that, if it didn't work, it didn't work. And he's sounds like he's going to step aside. Interesting. John Bucci-Gross mm, has no. certainly heard the feedback because it's impossible <laughs> not to hear the feedback when you've got thousands of people tweeting about it every night. Yeah. Uh, but he, I don't think he's going to be stepping aside no. from this because uh, he, I think he invented hockey. <laughs> well, college hockey, he definitely yes. invented. Yeah, Pat McAfee is definitely not for me either. People love it. Uh, every time I see a clip of him standing up in his tank top yelling, I get very upset. I don't know. I just, he's just not for me again. I, I can't deal with it. Don't even get me started on the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I don't want to hear about what he has to say about anything anymore, but I guess he's apparently discovered hockey, uh, Pat McAfee. Cause he's had like Austin Matthews on, he had, uh, yeah, he's on on. yeah, it's show. So they're like, yeah. they're probably like, you got to do a hockey segment. Yeah. Please so, help us. So he's been doing a thing called hockey is awesome, which I guess is something you have to tell people when they don't watch hockey. So uh, again, if it brings people in, that's cool. It's not for me again. Even that segment kind of just like goes to show what we've been saying about the ESPN coverage is like they, they cover it like they do with a cornhole broadcast. Right. Hockey is, is quote unquote, one of the four North American like major sports. Allegedly. It's yeah. It's not darts, right? (laughs) Like it's not, you can see right. Pat McAfee having a, a segment on his show like darts is awesome or mm. uh, you know, cricket is awesome or rugby is awesome because these are sports that people in this country aren't watching and yeah. they don't know about. Like they didn't right. grow up with a, a fit and they, the kid sitting next to them in their class isn't a, a, a rugby fan or something. Mm but they are hockey fans. So like the fact that they even do that is so it's like almost insulting in a way. Like, uh, yeah, I was going to say it's patronizing. Yeah. It's so patronizing. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, we don't need this. Like I don't, as a hockey fan, like the last thing I want to see is this. Right. You know, <laughs> maybe if you, if you, you're on like ESPN Chile, 
and you want to <laughs> introduce to the to the great people of Santiago mm. to sport of hockey or uh, you know somewhere in, in Romania or something. Yeah, yeah. By all and, means, but yeah, yeah. We we have this sport in this country. <laughs> it it what gets me about stuff like that is the way they say team names and it, it feels different. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it, but when they say stuff like. You know, here's Sasha Barkov of the Florida Panthers. Like the way they say it doesn't roll off the tongue and doesn't have the same weight to when they just say the Cowboys or the Lakers because they know that people know the Cowboys and Lakers, but they don't, they're assuming that people aren't going to have ever heard of the Florida Panthers, let alone Sasha Barkov. So they make a whole thing. And the Islanders get that too, the Blue Jackets, the Predators, because there's still people out there. There's still people that are like, wait, they have a hockey team in Dallas? Yes, they've had a hockey team in Dallas for 30 years. I can understand. How can you not know that? But, you know, the stars are way lower on the pecking order than Cowboys, Mavericks, and, you know, obviously the Rangers or whatever. So, um, real quick, I, you know, you'll appreciate this. For me, like, I, I'll take your word for it on college game day. I'm not really a college football person at all, and, and it always seems like complete chaos to me. My go-to and the thing that I wish the NHL had is basically the uh, the Premier League mornings the premier league show that that nbc does and peacock and nbcsn did where it's rebecca Lowe and two other guys and they talk to you like you're an adult and they you know they don't they don't go on they're not trying to sell you on the sport they're here to tell you what this team is doing right what this team is doing wrong who's coming up next what they need to do to win and that's it and you know i, I i'm not a huge expert but like the two robbies sometimes tim howard is there sometimes it's another guy they they seem to just talk to you like you're just, you know, you're just somebody who's watching the sport. They're not trying to, they're not trying to sell job on you. They're not trying to tell you how awesome this thing is. And they're definitely not snoozing after, you know, in the intermission, which we've seen people do for the Islanders. And, and Rebecca Lowe is just the best. Like she's just, she's so calm. She's so cool. She just makes it seem like you're just part of the party and she's just there. To, and they, again, they, they treat you like you have, some sort of intelligence, right? Even if you have no, even if you have no idea what you're watching, I never, I don't know what I'm watching, and I never feel like I'm being pandered to at all when I watch the the Premier League show. So that's what I kind of. It's, maybe it's a little boring, but I wish it, the NHL kind of had that because I would prefer that that style. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, you know, that we gave uh, the NBC Sports c- coverage of the Islanders a lot of, I don't know, stick we because it, it was it wasn't great, but like no. you said, at least they did kind of treat you like you were coming in to watch that sport mm. not as an alien life like who just landed <laughs> on the planet and was like right. well, look at these life forms skating around right what's everybody doing out there yeah what's yeah. what is in their hands yeah <laughs> what is the guy with the the, the mm. pillows and the helmet on mm. defending what is right. the yeah there's none of that um so <laughs> but yeah it was i mean they just they, they that this league just has not found its uh, comfort level yet, or comfort zone. I think. It, yeah. I think the TNT coverage, most people would say, is at least the game, like the the way the game is broadcast, yeah. is 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 there. But the rest just isn't. And yeah, it's a shame because that the the Frozen Frenzy should have like that should have been a, a nice holiday for me. Basically, I should have just been able to sit on the couch mm. and just enjoyed six or seven hours of watching hockey nonstop. And instead I watched almost none of it. And I love, <laughs> I watch so much of the sport and I, the, yeah. the guy who's running the show there is just so bad mm. that I couldn't even get through that. Yeah. 
You chose yeah. to watch the Islanders cough up a game <laughs> to the Avalanche in excruciating, mostly excruciating fashion instead of watching a smorgasbord of hockey, which is yes. what you should have watched. But yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, we shall see. Uh, you know, we, we always have these sort of moments where we talk about hockey coverage and uh, I'm sure we'll be back. And again, I've said it a hundred times. I was watching a game last night. It was the Kings Vegas game. And, you know, I was watching the Kings broadcast. It was fine, but it does have a kind of bit of a hokey quality to it. And I was telling my wife, I was like, you know, I've said this a hundred times on the podcast. I was always very critical of the Islanders broadcast when it was Howie Rose and Eddie Westfall, then Howie and Butch, Billy Jaffe, or then Howie, then Joe Micheletti, then Howie and Billy Jaffe, then Howie and Butch, now Brendan and Butch. Uh, I, I was always critical back then. And then I got the NHL center ice package and I watched games from around the league and I realized, God damn, do we have it good? <laughs> we have we have always had it good when it came to to broadcasters, and uh, I will probably never complain about an Islanders broadcast crew ever again because we got the best one. To be blunt, uh, and so you know we're we're lucky that way. So uh, why wouldn't you watch the Islanders Avalanche game even if you had other thirty one uh, you know or whatever it was fifteen other options? Why wouldn't you watch? the best broadcasted game of that day. So there you go. Uh, okay. A couple of announcements real quick before we, we wrap this up. Number one, most important weird Islanders. The podcast is back. Uh, came back last Friday. Fantastic episode with Greg Wyshynski of ESPN, ironically. Uh, and he was great. <laughs> he, he loved, he said, he told us he loved the concept of the show. So he wanted to come on. He loves doing other people's podcasts. And he picked a fantastic ex devil slash ex Islander, Alexander C-Mac. If you remember Alexander C-Max one season as an Islander, you are a better fan than we are because we had no idea. And he was like, listen, I don't have any fucking idea this guy was an Islander. I'm like, no, that's perfect. That's exactly what we want. So we had a great time talking to him about uh, C-Mac and about uh, White Castles of New Jersey and, you know, the death, the deathly uh, escape uh, to and from the Meadowlands over the uh, New Jersey Turnpike and all kinds of stuff. So check it out. It's fantastic. We'll be back in another couple of weeks with another Great episode, but feels good to have Weird Islanders, the podcast, back. We've been working our asses off recording episodes since about September, and every single one is a banger. They're all, I can't, the, the worst part is that sometimes i got to wait months to put these out, and I hate that because they're so good. I would, I would dump them all out so you could binge them like Netflix style if I could, but uh, you're going to have to wait. But uh, they're all great. So thanks again to Greg for coming on. We had a great time, and uh, he said he'll come on again, so we will try that again. So that's number one. Uh, number two is this week is going to be my book club over at the Patreon. And um, if you're a, uh, I, have, I haven't been announcing these, but if you're a, a listener to the main subs- uh, subscription feed, you're going to get Islanders uh, award winners, uh, Mike Bossy part two, uh, Calder Trophy episode on Tuesday. And that's also the same day as the book club over at the Patreon. So whether you're a free listener or a Patreon subscriber, you're going to get something cool that day. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode of Anxiety. We'll see where everybody's at. And uh, hopefully the Islanders are still in the thick of things after these next three games. Uh, Michael Leboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Uh, sign up at patreon.com for ad-free episodes. Like I said, follow us on Twitter at Islanders Anxiety Pod. Isles Anxiety Pod. Uh, I always forget to say that. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and at Spotify. Tell all your friends to listen to us. That's the best way to spread the word. Our theme song is Morning Haze by Family Dinner. Listen to more of their music on Bandcamp and at Spotify. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. Follow the Fans First Sports Network, fansfirstsports.com. Shop VintageIceHockey.com. Try Wines from the Pinot Project. Any final thoughts from you on the week that was, the week that is, 
or the frozen frenzy that hopefully <laughs> if we see again is comes in a different form than what we saw this week. It would have been pretty funny to watch like versus attempt that. <laughs> like it would just been but OLN even. Yeah, even like it, so, it would have yeah. been uh you know how college um not college like high school games are filmed now like they just get someone who right. you know like the manager or someone just it would have been like that it's uh, usually like one stationary yeah. camera on top of like the press box you know all right like and now bleachers, we'll go yeah. we'll go check in on the predators right. and ducks <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah i think that it's it's so far so good uh with the islanders despite the fact that adam pellick is playing like rich pilon and uh <laughs> <laughs> which so if, if if he could just transform back into Adam Pellick. I just realized I he had a fight, didn't he? In in one of the games this week? Or was that last week? I don't know. Where he had I, a fight, which is also a very rich peel on thing. In that, um, right. Yeah. In that Blue Jackets game. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he, you know what? You know what made me most nervous was he came right back out on the ice. And I was like, oh, yeah. just like Mayfield. This is great. <laughs> didn't miss a shit. Oof. Uh, um, yeah, they're doing all this without Scott Mayfield. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, there's even like the team that the, their the actual process might be uneven, but like mm-hmm. they're they're carrying a rich pilon on the team unexpectedly, and uh, so the fact that they could get to four two and one, uh, despite playing some uh, funky, abducted by alien style hockey, <laughs> is uh, is a little is 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 encouraging like that, mm. that you can win despite not having your best. Cause I don't think that was something they were doing very often last year. Like when they were bad, uh, there were not many feel bad losses last season. Yeah. Um, and it just, I'll say it again because I'm so happy he's back. And I, Noah just keep leaving that cell phone in the locker, <laughs> brother. You just right around, right. When you guys hit the ice for warmups, you just put that thing on. Do not disturb in your mm. locker. I promise you. Yeah. Whoever's texting you during the game will still be texting you after the game. Yeah. And we love you, buddy. I I really am hoping that he continues this and he has an outstanding season and he comes out and says, I deleted Twitter off my phone and, it, you know, and I canceled my account and it, it serves as a, uh, a sort of call to action. Yeah. You know, for more people to just cancel their he Twitter. Like he, uh, he goes like the spokesman for, um, one of those anti-social media yeah. uh, advocate. Co- yeah. Like, like kids mm. don't download Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be that Norris right. trophy winner. Six time <laughs> Norris trophy winner. No, Noah Dobson tells mm. you why about the time he, he right. culture of losing called him stinky poo poo caca. <laughs> and it drove him to, to delete his Twitter. <laughs> I deleted Twitter and so can you. You know, skating up the, the camera. So, I mean, I hey, listen, if I could play a small role in that, yeah. I, I will be very, very happy. And if I could play a small role, that would be so funny if Noah won the, the Norris and came out and thank. I want to thank, and he just listed all the Twitter accounts <laughs> and shit on him that one day. I want to thank yeah, us, yeah. Ethan from from Gotham Sports Network, all the all the usual suspects. Would be like, uh, yeah, uh, you're welcome. I guess. Anyway, yeah, right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> We're going we're gonna to stop right here. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again real soon. And uh, we'll see where the Islanders are at. All right. Talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye.